Spire. Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs to reveal the unexpected paths to entrepreneurship. Today, my guest is Steve Mastriani. Uh, Steve is, uh, he, he does a lot. He is an entrepreneur through and through. He might be better known to some people as Void from the band The Envy, but he, after leaving sort of the rock star life, built his platform called Rockstar Mind, where he's uh, coaching people on learning guitar. He's coaching people on improving their improving their lives through uh, building their business. And now he has a new book called Hobby Boss, where it's about taking your hobby and creating, creating your side hustle or business out of it. And this is a great conversation. We just hit it off right away. And he has a lot of insight for someone who's just starting out, a lot of insight for you if you're just starting out as an entrepreneur trying to build your business from a hobby. So without further ado, my conversation with Steve Mastriani. That record over your shoulder, Bad Habits. What is that? Yes. So this is, uh, so this is where I keep, um, this is my biggest record so far that I co-wrote. Uh-huh. Um, so this is Bad Habits um, by an artist named Delaney Jane. Um, this one is, this was the first one, this is, it went gold first before platinum, but um, this was like the first gold record that I ever had. So I put that there. Um, that'll be replaced, I think, soon by um, this other one. But um, this one here is called Tokyo Nights. This is by um, my my best friend, Sean Frank. Um, we wrote, we co-wrote um, this song. And yeah, so I mean, this is where I keep the the bling, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's one more, there's one more that's going to be added to it. But yeah, the... Uh, it's ironic that my biggest song is called Bad Habits because like in my other life, you know, in what I do with coaching, it's like I seriously, my only thing that I consider myself an expert in is good habits. So <laughs> it's just kind of kind of ironic. But anyway, yeah. No, I love that. And yeah, I. so what's really funny is you are hard to pin down online. Uh, like, so <laughs> there's a lot of like... The, yeah. Like I know, like the uh, about the business and about the books and about the envy and being known as Void and everything. I did not track that down, so that's very cool. Are you writing that's a lot? Funny. That, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's very interesting, man. Yeah, you're. I think you totally nailed it. Like <laughs> you're hard to to like track down and pin pin down. Yeah, like I think that's part of like I just really like doing a lot of creative things and. Um, and so, yeah, like songwriting, everything's kind of tied to each other. So oh, yeah. songwriting was basically the reason why I picked up a guitar because I was originally a drummer, but I wanted to tr- tour the world. Uh, I wanted to travel the world. And so I thought, okay, so I'd reverse engineer it and go backwards to like, okay, well, maybe I'll tour in, in a band. And then I need to put together a band or if I want to write songs, then I should probably play guitar. And then that's how I picked up a guitar when I was like 11 years old. And so, but the guitar was such an important part of my life that led to all this other stuff. And so, but songwriting is really where it all started. So it's interesting because like this, this is... Um, these were all, by the way, in boxes collecting dust. Like I got these right at the pandemic, like right when it hit, like the lockdown hit. These were like the biggest achievements of my life. And the thing, like the biggest thing that I ever wanted was like writing songs. Um, and they were just like in a box, so sad, like in my basement, whatever. (laughs) But also, you know, um, I, I like, I like putting this out there just also for, um, they, they look really nice too, but, um, but the, the trophy is more like up here, like the achievement is oh, yeah. more like up, up here, you know what I mean? But they do look super cool. For sure. And I'm sure when you walk in your studio, then you see that and it just, it just yeah. feels good, you know? It feels good. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, 
Strengths Finder, Gallup Strengths Finder, and now I think it's called Clifton Strengths, but um, it's like this this personality test that like shows you like five things like your top five things and i don't know i kind of hate personality tests but like there's a couple that are like really really good i think and um this one said like learner was number one learner and it's like totally pegged it like learner achiever um strategic um or learner achiever activator strategic and futuristic i think was like the order there and like every single one of those i was like yes 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 like this is this is me these are the things that i love to do so what it does it it helps you like focus just on only on your strengths like if all i did was focus on learning on achieving um on activating people like inspiring people and um uh, being strategic and also thinking about the future like as long as i do those things and it points me that's like my north star and dude like it I was actually like bang on. Nice. So how does learning and achieving then fit into sort of your day-to-day life? Yeah. I mean, well, man, I'm always learning. Like I heard this really great quote. Um, I heard this great quote about, uh, I don't even know who said it. I saw like, I have like this momentum uh, extension on my, on Chrome that the, the home screen isn't Google. It's like um, a nice picture with a little quote on the bottom. And it said, if you want to succeed, um, no, if you want to increase, if you want to increase your rate of success, increase your rate of failure and i was like oh my god that is so (laughs) profound and and because those are the things that you're learning is like every day especially in business like let me find the things that don't work so that i find what does work like very often we have like a very emotional uh connection to like failure like oh my god i'm a failure like we identify with it but it's like not the case it's like these some things don't work so let's adjust and um, most things won't work so yeah. Anyway, that those are a lot of the things that I'm learning is like what doesn't work and then make the adjustment because um, that points a lot to like resilience, which is mm-hmm. what I think any entrepreneur needs, um, especially in this day and age, like just resilience to just keep going because you're going to get knocked down and told no so many times. Yeah, essentially, that was the premise of this podcast to start was building that resilience in. And it's I to me, I feel like an entrepreneur is a problem solver. Like totally. that's, that's at the core, like sort of, if I had to define who I am, I'm a problem solver at my core happens to apply to entrepreneurship and all these different things. But yeah, it's, you want to hear something so funny, by the way, oh, yeah. like, I mean, I, we just started talking, we've only known each other for like seven minutes right now. <laughs> and, but you notice also how it kind of also kind of feels like we've known each other for like our whole lives. Uh-huh. Like, it, it like because there's like a common language we both understand and also value problem solving. And I'm sure that a few of the things that I mentioned, there are also with the strengths um, that those are probably also some of yours. And it's funny, I was listening to um, a classic talk by Frank Kern, um, who's like one of my mentors has been for a long time. And, um, and Frank basically, I mean, the guy's like one of the founding fathers of like internet marketing. I mean, like guy is like brilliant, um, but he was talking about um, core influence, how, really in any communication, like for the, there's the people that you just get along with so well. And, um, and then also like, even if you're in business, it's like when things are effortless, where people are coming to you and um, businesses, a lot of business is happening, like you're not really trying. Um, it's because you're speaking from your core to that person's core. Like it's not surface level. It's like you're speaking about the same stuff and like that subconscious recognizes like, ah, this person's just like me, like this person gets it. And, um, and so, yeah, that's it's just so it's kind of it's just interesting like that that um, 
I want to just point back to that because like when you said like, oh, hey, like check that out or like this or that or, you know, we're talking about similar things. This is kind of what what it's all about and um, which is a huge reason why I think it's important um, that like networking is probably one of the most important things that you can do is meeting different people and putting your putting yourself out there so that you meet more people like you so that you can get to your end result faster. You know, I, this happened with Gene Simmons, like with any anything big in my life, like um, to be able to leapfrog to the next level to the next level. It went from like finding that core with one person person that led me to that next person next person and next person so um yeah it's just it was a little observation though when as soon as you said like i find myself i'm a problem solver i'm just like yeah this dude like i mean we, we could have been like friends for like 20 years and just having a conversation catching up right now which is cool it's refreshing uh-huh. man absolutely and i'm glad you already mentioned like the network because i always like to talk about that that it's what you know and who you know like i feel like a lot of times people can take the pretty much every episode i try to bring this up because people can take the cyn- cynical approach that like oh it's just who you know but if, if you don't have the skills, have the thing to actually offer, there isn't that synergy. But it's important yeah. to have both together. Yeah. You can get by with like, you could you could definitely, like the who, the who, if I were to pick one, I would definitely go with who first and then absorb as much as possible from the people who brought you to like, because they're, they're bringing you with them and like learn as much as you can from them. And, and also in the background, like learn as much as you can just anyway, because they give you the opportunity, they open the door. But yeah, I mean, like you can only fake it until you make, like you can, you, you like you can only talk out of your, you know what, for so long, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you do have to, yeah, like you said, you do have to know the, the what, but um, not as much as, as you might think. And and mm-hmm. some people might be like two in their head and um, and think that it's all about the, the what. And um, when then you have, and it's, you know, my wife, probably kill me she's a teacher um i was gonna say that like you know you have teachers versus celebrities um teachers know a lot of stuff but like for example like dr phil might not be the the most knowledgeable doctor or or therapist of of all time there might be people more knowledgeable but people will recognize dr phil and he'll be like the leading expert and get paid millions and millions because his celebrity of who he knows also um like it's all part of that package and that brand and teachers make way less money, even though they might know more. So it's if I would ch- if I were to choose one, like it would definitely be more of like the that's the celebrity type who you know enough, you know enough to uh, to get by and not get bogged down by by all the like you know minutia. For sure, and you're, that's a really great point because you're also giving back. So like recognizing yeah. where you are, so you don't even have to fake it till you make it. But like where I am, how can I help this person? How are we sort of having a reciprocal relationship? It's yeah. just funny. As soon as he said teacher, though, I'm like, okay, this is what all there's so many pieces that click together. Like, yeah. like when you started, like I started like 2000, I was learning about the space in like 2008, 2009, 2010 was when I was like full time entrepreneur. So Frank Kern is a huge influence in like oh, cool. my world too. And like, I don't know if you followed like copy blogger with Brian Clark and all these other people cool. at the time. But then, yeah, I've always been surrounded by teachers. My girlfriend teaches at a at a college here and like yeah Dude, it's- my family my whole family like i mean my dad was a teacher and vice principal um my my mom is uh work, works at a high school as well like uh, my my sister works in uh, a college like i'm i've been surrounded by by education and like i'm the only guy who like i'm the only member of my family that went on my own path but what's funny is a big part of what i do is teaching and coaching uh-huh. and and so like you just can't escape it um and also as a learner like the learner being the first thing on the list like it's it's that same thing like the best way to learn is to teach right Absolutely. so you know um 
it's yeah, it's just interesting how a lot of a lot of things are connected. If you look, if you if you have your radar on for it, your antenna is up. Um, you're gonna see a lot of those those connections. But yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. I mean, this is this is interesting because like when when you when you hit record, I mean, I didn't even know if, if like if the interview started or the episode started, and I'm not <laughs> sure if it did or not. But like it's it's a great conversation um, uh, regardless. So for sure, yeah, I just I record from the beginning just to I'll cut in at any point that makes sense. But I think I'll probably cut in pretty much at the very start of this one. That's great. I <laughs> love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, I just like keeping it really free form. Like I know a lot of a lot of interviews are really formal and like, oh, I want to hit on these totally. points. Like like we'll talk about the book, but I feel like it's to get to know you and your story. Like this show is sort of about origin stories and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, by the way, thanks so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate that. And I also yeah. appreciate the informal um, chat. I totally hear what you're saying. Like even um, with business in general, like one big part about business is sending out emails, like communicating with your audience, right? And like okay. attracting new people and making sales and stuff. Um, and when you think about um, writing a sales message or making a video or um, doing something for your business, a lot of times what people will do is, okay, now I'm going to put on my salesperson cap or <laughs> I'm going to like write an email. Hello. And with the way that you like, you talk, it's a completely different person, right? And people watch that and they feel that they're like, oh, yeah. who is this clown? Like, you know what I mean? They, they, they don't, they don't buy it because it's, it's not authentic. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if it was having kids um, and the sleep deprivation that came from it or just from <laughs> being like through the ringer of the music industry or just, just whatever name, one of the things on, on the list. Um, and one day I just stopped caring, like where I was just like, I'm just going to like put myself out there, like the authentic me. I'm going to talk about all the like crazy stuff that's going on, or, like the the stuff that is, um, you know, super personal or that is kind of like gross that like my kids are like puking on me and like whatever, like the gross stuff, like the things that are real, like real life, not trying to like airbrush my life or anything like that um, and just see what happens. And I was happier doing it. It was easier to create content. Um, and also people reach out to me because I'm the one who's brave enough to show myself. And so it gives people permission to do the same. And so you end up attracting a bunch more people. So again, like it just points back. I appreciate the informal chat where it's just literally like catching up with a buddy um, mm -hmm. because I think that it's the best for everyone. I mean, it's great for you, for me, for anybody watching this, I think is um, it's going to be uh, just so much better. Yeah. And putting the real you out there is so valuable because ever, like you said, everything is airbrushed. Everything is sort of polished and you connect with like the real human. Like you might see like, oh, this photo looks beautiful. This person looks amazing in this amazing location, but you're not really connecting with them, which like you're building more of a connection business. Like, and that's great. It that's is all relationships. Mm -hmm. Treat everything like a real relationship, like, like a, like a romantic relationship. Like, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't show up. Okay. Though, even though you might go to a first date and like put on the best you like trying to like trying to sell yourself. Um, it, the best ones, the best dates are the ones where you literally show up and, um, it feels like you've known each other for years. Like you, you show up, you know, you know each other for years. You just like the chemistry is crazy. And, um, and like time, it seems infinite. Like you just like, oh my God, like it's already been three hours. This is crazy. It feels like we were sitting here for five minutes. And like, that's when both people are being authentic. You know what I mean? Like it's, and, and you make that connection that, that trust is built and um, you want to see them again. But like the first time you just went out for, you know, maybe to, for dinner or something like that. Um, or you went to a few, like a few places. The next time you might do something else. Like, hey, why don't we go like hiking or something like that? You do, it takes like, a, it's more commitment, right? And then, you know, maybe then you go steady and then you, um, move in together and then you get married or have kids or whatever. Like each one is a new commitment. Same thing with customers. Like it's the exact same thing. Um, it's people with feelings and they need someone to trust. They need someone, especially like 
I'm specifically talking about like an info product business where you're like coaching people, like helping them achieve a result uh, through information. Um, you know, I'm sure it does apply to like to any any business. Like you do want to have a relationship with your customers. When it comes to like information where you're helping them achieve something and you're inspiring them, you're helping them become a better version of themselves. Um, yeah, it's the same exact thing. Like you're, they need someone to trust and they want to trust you and they want they want a go-to source for, for this thing. And so um, it, all those things apply like the same exact way. And, and it's like a small product. Like I sell my book, um, let's say for a digital copy for five bucks. And then uh, in the book, then you can go and like try something else. And then when you buy that, then, you know, there's another thing to try. Maybe it's a, a subscription where it's like an ongoing thing. And, you know, then maybe they buy something for a whole year, like spend a whole year with me. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's the same exact thing as a romantic relationship for sure and i think that's the perfect transition into sort of how do you make money what is your business um what is the like landscape of you look like today yeah yeah i was gonna joke and say i run a drug cartel but um <laughs> but um but let's so i have to preface that with a joke just in case i don't know who's watching this but no so no i have, I have a lot of things that that are on on the go but my main business um right now uh, especially as a father of three like which it really changed when i became uh, a father like what i took more seriously um, was I run a business called Rockstar Mind. Um, it's been around since 2014. Um, it originally started as uh, something that just while I was taking care of my father, um, I was primary caregiver. Um, it was just something kind of like on the side to like pay rent and things like that. Whereas now it's like my main business. I like, you know, provide for my family. And um, I basically I help people achieve various things, mainly it's um, and this seems so ridiculous, like and so disconnected when when I explain it like this. But um, I mainly I help musicians like guitar players uh, play songs faster or perform songs or write songs, um, even teach songs. But like I, I focus on because my background is um, being a touring musician and uh, major label recording artist. Basically, like guitar has been my main thing. So guitar is like a big part of Rockstar Mind. But then also I coach people on creating their own hobby business. Um, so it's like guitar and business. I like there's these two facets to Rockstar Mind. It's all under one roof. But really, it's the same stuff, whether I'm teaching someone how to play um, a song on guitar, or I'm teaching someone how to um, write a song, record a song, or even start a business, the same principles apply. Um, there's the same mental roadblocks, the same like um, insecurities and fears and stuff. It's the same thing. Um, so, but as it stands right now, I mean, even these two books that I have, my first book, Practice Less, Play More, which is for musicians uh, playing songs faster, but then also Hobby Boss, like, they don't like exactly connect. They do if you read into it, but they don't fully like, you know, it's not like, oh yes, of course, guitar and um, and business. But yeah, it's basically Rockstar Mind is all about, and, and it's, this is why I put Hobby Boss even under Rockstar Mind because the Rockstar Mind is the one that will continue like the, the resilience like we were talking about before. Like it'll just keep going. It'll do things in a smarter way rather than um, like trying to like plan, 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 plan and analysis paralysis and getting overwhelmed. It's just like getting through and being a rock star. Like the rock star mind is that um, that winning mindset. So anything that lumps into that, whether it's like teaching someone how to paint a picture or teaching someone how to play a song or, you know, start a business, whatever it is, this would all fall into um, rock star mind. Yeah, and that's perfect. I mean, that is, it's your version of who I am as well, all over the place, like, because we help people build brands, and we develop, so we develop brands. Um, our biggest client, like most recognized client is the minimalist. So we have a documentary on Netflix called minimalism. Awesome. I've done health coaching, I've done wedding photography. It's just like, but all these things to me, 
fit under the umbrella. Like they, they the make thing. sense. Yeah. Every single person, it's just like the language is a little uh -huh. bit different. Like the, the dialect, like you're talking about, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Like, like health, you'll be doing certain things and calling things certain things, but but the, how you achieve the goal is the same. Like the underlying mm -hmm. the vehicle, like the the methodology, it's like it's the same kind of thing, and um, and it's also got your unique spin on it, um, which is great. And also it fuels you. Like it's something that like no one forced you to do those things. Like okay. that's an extension of you. Absolutely, yeah. So I always like to rewind all the way back to the origin story. So we talked about it a little bit, but who were you say as a child? What did you expect in your future? What did you sort of strive to achieve? Or yeah, hope to great question, man. Great question. And it's so ironic, actually, because when I was eight years old, I wanted to be an author. And um, I kind of forgot that. So when I was 11, um, so when I was 11, my parents split up and, um, and I got into, uh, so my dad bought me a drum kit, um, because I wanted to play drums, I want to play music. And, um, and as I was mentioning before, it's like, I thought, okay, well, I want to travel the world. This is one of my, my main goals, I want to travel the world. Uh, I want to, okay, so how do I travel the world? Well, let me travel with other people. Like it would be just be good. Like, you know, it'd be easier to travel with other people. Well, cool. Maybe I'll play in a band. That'd be great. And, um, and if I want to play in a band, then I should probably write songs. It's like, okay, well, I can't really write songs on drums. So let me also like, let me pick up my buddy has a guitar. Maybe I'll ask him if I could borrow it. So I taught myself how to play some songs on guitar. And, um, by this point, I forgot about the author thing. I like, I was just smashing the drums, trying to make sense of life and, um, and wanted to write songs. And so it became all about writing songs, which is similar, an author, like an, oh, yeah. an author of songs. And so I, um, you know, one thing led to another. And basically, you know, I, from band to band to band, I basically, um, I started a band that uh, everything happened so fast, man. It's just like we talk about failing, failing fast and like knowing what to do next. Um, I, I started a band um, with my best friend, Sean, and um, we basically, we got signed by Gene Simmons within, you know, like a, it was a few months of, of starting the band. Um, basically, Gene Simmons was starting a record label in Canada called Simmons Records. And um, our CD ended up on his desk somehow. And so we got a phone call from a manager saying, hey, Gene Simmons wants to come see you guys uh, play live. So we ended up playing a, a show for, for him. And um, and like he basically he showed up. He was a special guest to, to a show that had, you know, an audience. But plus, you know, Gene was there and uh, we had like a posse of like, I think it was like eight girls or something like that. So like it was like perfect, like what you would expect Gene Simmons <laughs> to do. And he took us to... Um, to uh, the Indian restaurant across the, the street. We were having like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there eating like, I don't know, like uh, butter chicken and like, I'm looking over and it's like, oh yeah, oh, that's right. I'm at dinner with Gene Simmons right now. It's like so crazy. Um, not that I was a huge Kiss fan. I was actually more of a Gene Simmons fan um, just for his like entrepreneurialism and stuff. But um, actually real quick, how big was yeah. that show then? Cause you said you were only a couple months in and you have Gene Simmons coming to see you perform. How many yeah, like, like, attendees? So, well, so no, I mean, like we we had we had fans there. Like, um, it was we we had fans there because it was coming from like other bands that like it, we we formed a band that was sort of like on the back of like other failed bands. Other yeah, sort of a projects. super group. And, yeah, it was like super. Yeah, and so so um, we had I think it was like. 500 people because also we hyped up the show um because we're like we have a special guest and nobody knew who it was and i think at the end we announced that it was gene simmons um and so so yeah it was it was 500 people in this like small venue called the supermarket and it was super fun man like that was a great show and um and so yeah gene took us out for for dinner and we were chatting with him and like i didn't know what to expect but we basically we hit it off right away like just the the our mindset it was just like the same and because he again like he started so many different brands um so many different things even just based off kiss and um 
he's like, okay, cool. Well, let's just get started. Like, I think it was a Friday night. It's like, let's just get started on Monday. Let's just like talk about songs, talk about your songs. And cause he loves songs. Like, you know, say what you will about Kiss, whether you like the songs or not. He loves like the Beatles and you too. And like, he loves like history and um, really he's a big fan of music. So anyway, we were talking about our songs and just one thing led to another. And he's just like, yeah, sweet. Let's like, you know, I want to, I want to sign you guys. Um, and then soon after that, so we basically, so the contract negotiation happened and like we then, um, we uh, were invited to tour with KISS, basically all over North America, we were touring <laughs> with KISS. Oh, it was crazy, man. Like t- 2000, uh, 2010, we were on the hottest uh, hottest tour on earth um, or hottest show on earth tour and um, all over North America. And yeah, man, it was like, it was wild. Like we learned so much about like production, like big, like making a big splash live. And it's a lot of things even today to this day, like making an impact on people and building, you know, an army of fans and stuff. Like all that stuff really stuck with me. And, uh, but anyway, well, to like bridge the gap, basically what happened was um, there were, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like everything was like perfect with the band or anything like that, or like with the music industry. It was also a really crazy time, like pre Spotify. And um, it was hard for for rock bands, but we're making plans for like what we were going to do next and uh, everyone's on board everyone's like ready to, to to work hard and then I got a phone call from my father that says Steve you gotta call me like it was a voicemail he's like you gotta call me back um he's like I just got diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and it's like record scratch like what you know like this is this is crazy and and you know what's what's really nuts is in that moment I'm just like okay well like that's kind of I got it like but that's pause button pause button on music career um because also I know the dynamic of my family and I know that like I was pretty much, you know, the one who was poised to, uh, to, to take care of him. And so I became my father's primary caregiver. I put my music career on hold and, um, and I, that's how Rockstar Mind started because I was taking care of him and he was my main focus, but also I'm a creative type that like, not a creative type where it's like, you know, nothing against creative types who are like this, but I'm not like the artsy, like woo type. Like, um, I'm the type that is more like entrepreneurial, like, okay, I want to create because that's when I feel the most alive and I want to turn this into something that I want to turn into a business. And like, it's always like with like right and left brain, mm-hmm. um, not that one's good or bad or anything like that, but this is just yeah. for me, I'm, I'm the, a creative um, individual I need to create or else like I seriously, if I don't create, like I seriously feel myself like deteriorating. Um, and so even with the situation where I was like, I went from being void, like um, my, my stage name, I went like different city every single day to now being Steve sleeping in the bed that I grew up in, in my house, like what an identity crisis, like holy, holy, like 180. And so it really rocked me, dude. Like that really, um, it was a lot. Like it it took, at first I was like in the hoopla of like, you know, getting all, like getting like my mind around, okay, so what are we going to do? What's the steps that we're going to take to like take care of dad? Um, But it was also then um, like once that, once the smoke cleared, and it was like a couple months in, it's like, and it really settled in that like, I'm not on the road. I'm not waking up on a, in a different city. It was like, it was a big time identity crisis. So I needed something, some outlet, some creative outlet to, um, to, to like, yeah, just escape in for, for a little bit. And also I had to pay rent. Like I still had to pay rent. Like that wasn't going anywhere. So I uh, started looking at different ways to do that. And I ended up stumbling on um, an internet business. Like just like, I, I tried different things. Um, uh, that year I must've started like 20 different businesses before I stumbled on like, okay, so internet marketing or like, um, having an info product, this is probably the best bet. I so can work on my laptop. What are some yeah. of the things that you tried in oh, that dude. experimental time? Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. You, I dude, I love that you asked that. That's so great. Um, so <laughs> I met, I met this crazy Cuban guy, um, that, um, like really eccentric, awesome, awesome guy, but like, 
kind of like a little bit crazy and i think we all have to be a little bit crazy but i was going to start a pizza company with him um he made these pizzas that were just like out of this world i used to live i lived in this um it was called the music mansion it was this victorian mansion that um it was like a frat house basically like we it was like so many musicians my band and my crew everyone was living there and um it was, <laughs> it was like neverland like everybody <laughs> imagine a bunch of people who are like you know like 16 years old in like 20 plus year old body and like um and and like never like never growing up like not it wasn't reality over there and so that's where where I was living and um and we basically would like we had a back uh, barbecue in the back and like um he made these he was my personal trainer at the time like I just I met him we were, like we were talking about stuff and he's like yeah cool I'll train you I'm like yeah I want to get into working out and all that when do we start he's like oh cool we'll start at like six in the morning or whatever and this was like um we we met at some some party and it's like six in the morning like are you crazy okay fine like let's let's do it and so but like. I was I bought into his like way of thinking because he was into like the Dale Carnegie and um, and Napoleon Hill and like we just had like really good good chat and so one of the things that he's like okay uh, let's go back to your place and like I'll make um I'll make some pizzas I'm like okay sweet so he's out at the the ba- uh, the barbecue and he's like he's got this on like on the tin foil like he's got he made it from scratch and like on tin foil and like anyway long story short I eat this pizza and I'm Italian and like and this is this Cuban guy who's like making this pizza and oh my god like dude I it it was so good that I wanted to, it made me want to start a pizza place. Like I never wanted to start a pizza place before, but like it made, it was so good that I saw like the potential of like, of, you know, what to do. Even my singer, um, Sean, he was like, oh sweet. Like I'll invest in that. Like everyone was so bought into it. It was, it was great. But then, you know, he kept changing the recipe so much. I'm like, don't, no, no, dude, keep the same one. It's so funny. Like a lot of the success principles that I know now, it's like, don't change. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but anyway, so that was one of the things, the pizza place, um, Oh man, what was the other? I got into, um, I did some multi-level marketing. Um, so, uh, because what's good about multi-level marketing is that you don't have to um, create a product. But the problem with multi-level marketing, besides the stigma that's attached to it, is even as good as a uh, like a multi-level marketing company might be, or as good as the products might be, because a lot do have some good products. It's just like a, you know, like a, a commission-based sales job, where like even if you're doing a great job, like still get maybe I don't know like 10% of what you sell so like I'm not going to be on the boat of where it's like oh there's a pyramid scheme or whatever like the reason why I wasn't wasn't into it after a while ended up breaking even on like on the investment I did pretty well with it but like it's just like a sales job I'm like I'm just a salesperson I'm just like this isn't fulfilling at all um so I did that so MLM um and what else did I do oh man I can't anyway there was like there was some like um oh I think oh yeah another one the, the one that um I think I wanted to be like an ESL teacher or something like that. Or I wanted to like, I want no, I wanted to help people. I wanted ESL to be part of it. I wanted to like help people. I think, what was it? I was like, I wanted to, oh man, there's so many business ideas. Like I wanted to help someone from like, uh, people transition out of a friend who lived in Germany. And so let's transition people from who were moving from Germany to Canada. Like, dude, you could, even as I'm explaining, you could see the extent of like, I'm like trying anything oh, and yeah. everything. And, but that's kind of what you need to do. And yeah, see you saw sticks. a lot of opportunity as well. Lots of opportunities, lots mm-hmm. of opportunities. And, but um, it's one thing to like come up with a business idea, um, but it's another thing to like execute on it. And, and a big part of um, executing is uh, it's what we were just talking about about 10 minutes ago is it has to be um, authentic and congruent with with you like it, it really has to be um, a reflection of you in my opinion I mean I'm sure there's businesses where um, where it's not um, but I think that especially for lifestyle businesses like it really has to be something that you're happy doing and that's natural for you to do because like think about it even if you're gonna make a million dollars like I talk about this in my book in chapter six like 
if you make a million dollars, but you're like, you're miserable with that million, like who cares about the million dollars? Like some of my happiest moments was when I was broke, but I was doing what I loved doing. You know, like I paid whatever I paid rent and I was eating whatever, but like, I was so happy doing what I was doing, you know, and, and you really have to be, you know, um, life's way too short to like, who cares about a million dollars if you're, if you're miserable. So, um, so anyway, what I stumbled upon was I, I shrugged it off at first, like one of my, uh, my, one of my guitar students, cause I was, I was teaching still a little bit on the side. Um, even when my, my, my dad got sick, I still had some, uh, some guitar clients and, um, I was teaching and he said like, Hey, you know, I'm starting an online business and like, you should really put all the stuff that you teach online for guitar. And this was back in uh, 20, late 2013. It's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll do that. Like I kind of shrugged it off. It's like, yeah, I'll do that. Like a couple weekends. Like I'll, I'll, I'll put that on eventually. Like, and then, because I imagine that like, Oh, I'm going to put this stuff up there and then like, everyone's going to roll in <laughs> and like, it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to count the cash. It's going to be great. Um, totally naive. Um, but yeah, so that's that was like he planted that seed. Um, one of my clients, Martin, I'm very I'm very grateful for it because he um, he just he planted that seed. I was just I was like, yeah, what was that thing? So like when I got to like the twenty third business idea, the <laughs> failed attempt um, that just didn't like because eventually I was just like, this isn't fulfilling. Like it's exciting at first, but like following through with this idea, it's not fulfilling. I I'm like, well, what about what Martin was talking about? Like, yeah, let me try putting some stuff online. Like, what would that be like? So I looked into it and one thing led to another. I bought a $9 product. Let's say, I think it was, um, it was Alex Jeffries, uh, super list, I think was the first product that I, I got. And then I ended up getting coached by Alex Jeffries. He was my first, um, high ticket coach. Um, uh, and yeah, he provided a lot of insights. He also connected me. He told me about Frank Kern. He told me about a lot of like, Oh, you got to check out, um, John Carlton copywriting or kick-ass copywriting secrets. Like he pointed me to a lot of really great things forever, forever grateful to my mentors. Like one leads to the next and some of them have lasted the test of time for me. Um, but it's like, um, that led me to sitting at the laptop that day and just like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense because I could be at the hospital with my dad. I can work. I could chip away at this like late night. I can, I'm just using things that I already know. It was a big premise of my book, hobby boss. It's like, you have so many things inside of you that like are valuable to people, especially in the info product business. Like they want to achieve something and and you're the person who knows, even if you know a little bit more than they do, like what you know is more valuable to a lot of people than the money they have in their pocket. So they're going to give you money for that information to help shortcut that, um, that process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that is so, because you just need to be, it's sort of like teaching a class, like it's very much teaching, but like teaching a class in school and sort of the cliche of being a chapter ahead. Like as yeah. long as you are further down as the line. As long as one chapter ahead, exactly. Yeah, like uh, catch me if you can, catch uh -huh. me if you can. That's what he did, yeah. It's like one, one chapter ahead, even like Marge Simpson, it's like, <laughs> like mom, you don't play piano. It's just like, I wanna start teaching piano lessons. Mom, you don't play piano. It's like, all I gotta do is stay one lesson ahead of the student. And it's like, <laughs> it's so perfect because technically it's true. Oh, it's yeah. true. Hey, do you wanna come with me? Like this is, uh, I talk about this also in the book is like positioning. You can either be positioned as the expert, which for some people that's perfect and they'll just do that. Um, but for some people that freaks them out, like, oh, who's going to listen to me? I'm not an expert. You don't have to be an expert. You can also be the peer. You can basically be just the advocate, like the person who helps like connect them to different information. And you're just a little ahead of the journey. Like, hey, you know, you bring them up to where you are. Because also for some customers, it's not as intimidating. You're not like the guru on the top of the hill. Like you're just, you're just a regular person who just knows a little bit more than they do. And they actually feel more comfortable because you're still going through the journey uh, with them. You know, it's not like you've mastered it or anything like that. And it's not intimidating. 
So that peer position could be really, really good for a lot of people who are intimidated by like, oh man, who's going to listen to me? I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know how many ways there are to make money online? There's so many different ways yeah. to make money. So it's um, yeah, it's just about like finding something that you are passionate about um, and that like, okay, so people are passionate about a lot of things, um, but it's like find something you're passionate about, maybe a few things um, and then, you know, do a little bit of research just to see if maybe there's some other companies that have proven that they, they could sell products in that space. Uh, you don't want to be the first person. It's probably, I don't advise to be the first person in that space. Um, so it's like, you know, look at that. There's some other companies that have proven they've done the work for you to show that like people will pay money for this thing. And those customers, they're collectors. Who cares if they bought from company A or B? Like a lot of people, they're like info junkies. They want to buy all the information. from. I, I definitely am. I'm kind of recovering from that. I would buy like so many courses, man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so easy like to... Um, it's easy to convince yourself that you're like, you can't do it, but um, it's also easy to just make a list of some things that you're good at and like put a post out on Facebook saying, Hey, you know, I'm starting a new coaching program or I'm starting a new, I have an idea to like help people with this, whatever it might be, you know, uh, knitting sweaters. And have you, if you ever want to knit sweaters for your kids or for your grandkids, then um, I'm giving away free, uh, you know, free session, uh, no obligation. I'm actually doing a little bit of research and like, you know, you're helping me, I'm helping you. And so, you know, um, like re- hit reply or like reply back with knitting or whatever. And people put comments, knitting, knitting, knitting. You, you put a private message out there like to each person, like set up a call and then they have a great time. When they, when, you know, you teach them something that's super valuable that gets them started, obviously they're not going to knit a sweater in 60 minutes, but you show them some cool things that they can do and like using what you know, and then they get a cool result and they're like, oh, that was so much fun. A percentage of those people are going to want to pay you money to keep going. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. The results, the results sell the, the, the program and all of a sudden now you're a knitting coach. And I think that's the key, key right there, the results. Like if mm-hmm. you're able to provide someone with some sort of measurable results that they want out of their life, whether it's making money, knitting, like, like anything, learning to play guitar, like there's a measurable result you can give them. So there's a reason for them to give you their hard earned money. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, and I don't want to discount the fact that also it's not like by putting it out there that saying, um, okay, so this is a free session for 60 minutes, um, that like, you're going to expect like everybody to go and do that because also what you have to realize is like, you got to sell that even um, like you got to make that just as enticing and as exciting for them. Uh, even though there's no monetary uh, transaction, it's still their time, right? So they do have to invest their time. And that's also, I mean, some people would say that's even more valuable because you don't get that back. Um, but that's like the first sale, which is, it's not as hard, but it's like, they still do have to invest their time, but you make that return on investment really, really good. Like you make it so that you gave a lot, um, you gave them the result so they can't deny it. It's like, whoa, this is a meaningful result. It also aligns with what they want and like, whoa, this is great. And then it's the easiest sales pitch in the world. Did you have fun? Yeah. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, totally. Do you want to do another session? Like, or would you be interested in doing another session? Like, yeah, for sure. Cool. Let's talk about, it. let's talk about it. And then like you say, I don't know, like 20, like let's book another one, but this time it'll be paid. And like, so that'll be like, let's just say 40 bucks for the hour or whatever, whatever your price is, whatever it is today or next week, you could always change that. But when you get that first dollar, right? Like they, you've given them what they want. They also decide that what you have is more valuable than the money in their pocket, which is awesome. Then it's like, you get that dollar. It's like, whoa, wait a second. I just had an idea. And that idea turned into this $20 or this $40 or this $100. That's empowering, man. Because now you don't have any inventory or anything like that. Zoom is free. Um, I mean, even if you pay for it, it's like, I don't know, like 15 bucks a month, but like, like Zoom is free. 
and information like you could like give the insight for free you just meet up with them all of a sudden now you have a business maybe you have like i don't know five clients five clients a week and they're paying you 40 bucks so it's 200 bucks a week now 800 dollars a month that came from nowhere that's just now you're a knitting coach and you're gonna get better at being a knitting coach and you get better at selling being a knitting coach from being a knitting coach <laughs> like it's crazy how like all of a sudden like i didn't i didn't learn all this stuff and then start like Part, part of the reason why I wrote uh, Hobby Boss, by the way, is because when I was starting, I, I didn't find anything that was like for the person who's starting. Like there are some startup books, like some good ones, Lean Startup, $100 Startup. There are some good ones, but not like a complete picture. Like not like, here's what to think about. And here are a few things like that you can do. Like here's some ideas, here's some examples. Like I just didn't see it as like a, a complete picture, okay? I mean, there's like, you know, there the book isn't small. Like Hobby Boss is not a small book, but it's definitely complete and it's an easy read. It's very like conversational, but it just shows you how like, okay, cool. Like this is, this is what you got to think about. And this is like how you're going to get clear on what you want to do and uh, who you're after. And then like how you can package your solution and some tips. If you don't feel like you're a teacher, um, then here's how you can teach something. And then here's how to sell. If you don't feel like you could sell something, here's how to sell something. And if you, once someone buys, here's how to take care of them. It's like the simple things. I just, I never saw it before when I, especially when I was starting, I had to like learn it all over the past seven years. And, um, um, and so that's why I wrote the book is so that I can like shortcut that process for people and they can just see it all laid out. And obviously it's just my opinion, but these are the things that work for me and my clients. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, it's so easy to get started these days. I just laid out like a whole business plan for someone <laughs> like that. If you want to become a knitting coach, like there you go, that's how you can at least get started and mostly like sure it'll be good to get paid. Um, like get that 800 bucks a month if you want it. Um, but what's better like what's what you the main thing that you get out of that is you get all the stories and all the, the client results and the reviews that they're going to give you and you get the uh, kind of the understanding of like how to run the business of like how to run a session and get better at teaching it and conveying it reading your clients like you learn a lot when you're doing it uh, you can't really read a book for all of that insight you can get started but it's like ideally I would want someone to be reading hobby boss while they're you know while they're doing their business you know Absolutely. what I mean and point back to it yeah. So someone who is starting out then who maybe puts out the post, but isn't getting the engagement or getting the people to sign up and like give their time. What kind of advice would you have or maybe other platforms or uh, direction to take? Yeah, man. Great question as well. Like, you know what? We live in such an amazing time of like you can. Uh, so we were talking about before, like if you want to increase your your rate of success, increase your rate of failure. Um that man i wish i came up with that quote because it's just so like bang on um social media like our ability to fail and this i'm like this is gonna sound so weird because it's like what he's talking about like failure is not a good thing but failure is an amazing thing because it's like our ability to fail is like drastically increased because we put a post out there and it goes like into the abyss and it's like if nobody like if if nobody catches on to that thing that day Okay, who cares? Let's put another post up there. Let's put three posts out today. Let's try this. Let's try talking about it like this. Let's put up a video of me knitting something. And it's like, check out this cute little thing. By the way, uh, if like, by the way, I'm setting up and it doesn't even matter if it's fully refined. Like the, the more natural that it sounds like it's you and your personality, the better. But it's like, you know, um, I'm a little nervous about this. Like I'm actually starting to teach people about this. And, um, you know, if you're looking for right now, um, I'm, I'm teaching people how to knit sweaters just like this. And if you want to learn how to do it, I'm putting on a free a free class um just put whatever put a uh, knit in the in the um in the comments and it's like maybe you start a group called the knitwits or whatever i think that <laughs> maybe that might be something if it's not it should be um but like got my group called the knitwits and um and put knit in the comments and it's like 
sweet. And it doesn't matter if you're a little bit nervous in the video. People like that. People like the authenticity, especially look, people want to like think that things are airbrushed and like they want to, they want to show online that like their life is airbrushed and all that. Um, but when we see someone being real, it's liberating because it's like, okay, finally, oh, I don't have to like this, the weight on my shoulders to like be perfect is, is gone. Like finally this person gets it right. So, um, it's fine to show like, you know, the, 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 the chink in the, in the armor, like the, the, it's like that it's fine, like to, to, to show your true self and, um, and to say that you're nervous or like to put up a video and your face is all red because you're, you know, you're, you're nervous. Like that's totally fine. And you start to get comfortable with that. You know, you start to get comfortable with being on video or with writing and what your voice sounds like and, and all that stuff, you start being comfortable with it, but it's really the opportunities out there that I know you asked about, um, what happens if they don't get any engagement? try again and try from a different angle and try if it was sweaters then maybe try something else like people i could say for sure for knitting like people want to know how to do it and like it's it's way better in my opinion to teach someone how to knit rather than um start a company where you knit a bunch of stuff and sell those those pieces like you could do that if you want to also but um information is way more uh way more lightweight like you could have five clients today have five calls Right. And, um, making all those pieces, it could just be, it could be a lot, but you know, still, still keep knitting and, um, and stay sharp with it, with the skill. And you could sell that to some of your clients and you could sell, um, knitting lessons to some of your sweater clients, like the people you sell to, like they can sort of cross promote. But the answer to your question is just try again, like try in a different, like maybe you start a YouTube channel or maybe you, um, on Twitter, like you put the same, like people are everywhere. Right. And you never know where you're going to catch them, but consistency is really key. Like just put stuff out there. Try again, try again, try again, because it's not like people are paying attention to us. That's like the biggest <laughs> misconception. Nobody's paying attention. Like you put something out there. Uh, like, I don't know if you know that, like you put it, you send out an email and you're like, Oh, you're so excited about this and the promo or whatever it is. You hit send. You're like, Oh my God, I can't wait. The windfall of cash that's about to come in. This is gonna be crazy. And it's just like crickets. And you were so sure that it was going to work. Um, man, there's like, that happened like a thousand times, if not more. Um, but you know, people aren't paying attention. They have their own lives. They have their own responsibilities and distractions and stresses. And the whole idea, not that you want to be annoying. You always want to show, uh, give them value and help them out with something. Um, but yeah, just try again. Just like put something else out there. Try, uh, if you tried at eight o'clock in the morning, put something out at 3 PM or put something out at 12, like maybe some people's lunch break and they're, they're on social media, like social media, especially is an escape, right? So, um, people are going to go on there when they're maybe when they're at work and they want to like, you know, they'll put knit, like they'll say knit, comment that. Um, and then go back to work, like, and do whatever, like they'll, they'll go there like, oh, that looks interesting. And then, you know, like go back to work. And then, so it's, you just never know when you're going to catch people. And, um, so anyway, yeah, consistency show up and do the work basically is just like, and, and it's just the failure. Um, the, the forgiveness is on social media is like, is crazy. Like the amount of uh, the safety net that you have just to keep putting stuff out there is, um, is pretty wild. So yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I feel like people worry too much about being annoying because it's like, oh, I'm out there too much. They're seeing me too much on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. But like you said, we're not, we don't notice. It's sort of like no. you, we worry about how we're dressed and we go out and like, oh, what are people going to think? The answer is nothing. Like people nothing. didn't even notice you walking down the street because it's like it, they're in their they're own head. About and, what, they're worried what they, what exactly. they look like. Like they're, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, it's, it's a psychological, uh, like it, it, it's, we can get into these, um, these, these tangled messes in our head. And, um, you know, that's why I talk a lot about, you know, keeping it super simple. So like the kiss principle, um, keep it super simple for yourself. Like, um, a, 
I don't consider myself an expert really on on anything. Um, uh, if if I did on one thing, it would be on on habits, habit formation. Um, like that is one of my favorite things to do is like, okay, so this is what I want. This is how I wrote books. And you know, like I wrote, I wrote hobby boss part of it, a big part of it while, um, I was holding my son, Alex, like, um, so I, I had twin boys on uh, February 5th of last year. So like right before the pandemic oh, wow. hit. And, um, so February 5th and, um, and I'm writing a book, I'm doing all these different things, but like part of the book was being written on my phone with my thumb <laughs> while I was holding my baby, like trying to get him to sleep. And because like, I don't care if what I'm writing is perfect. I don't care if I'm writing a paragraph of chapter, whatever, whatever I can write to keep the car moving forward. That's all going to be like that forward momentum that I need. And um, very often we get convinced that like it's the inner perfectionist. We just try to keep like this perfect life. Like, and this is why, you know, social media is pretty toxic. Like, I mean, I try to stay off of it um, from a personal perspective. I mean, from a business perspective, I use some of the tools that Facebook provides um, like Facebook lives for some of my TV shows and stuff like that. But um, I don't, I don't have a news feed or anything like that. Like I try to like stay off it as much as possible because we get roped into this sort of, we romanticize this idea of like a perfect life. And, um, and it's, I think it's a very toxic idea, but like, you know, if we just keep things simple for ourselves and, um, and just take one step, one small step forward, one small step forward. And, um, you know, it's imperfect action, right? Imperfect action rather than perfect inaction. It's like, imperfect action is really good and we're not perfect anyway we're human beings we're not perfect so just take that step and um and then you know and then you have that slab of clay that and then you can mold it's it's if you just think about it and you just stay in your head of trying to get it perfect and then starting you're just going to drive yourself nuts so take it from a sleep deprived daddy of three kids three and under like that who I, like we described like i do a lot of different things um i probably could if i only focused on songwriting i could probably go like the distance or if i only did books or whatever for me though, I like variety. And so I like being part of these different things and having these cool um, little projects and like you, you as well, right? Like we mm -hmm. have, we both have, we share that, right? And so um, a big part of doing that also is keeping it simple. And it's like, what worked before? Maybe I could use that here. And oh man, this like, this didn't work out. Cool, okay, well, like I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe I'm gonna take the afternoon off. And it's like understanding your level of overwhelm. And when you get good at that, and when you get good at understanding how to simplify things and how to just take one small step forward, then you win the game, man, every single time. If you just show up and do the work every day, even if it's just a little bit, I call it minimum effect. Well, I, I, I call it minimum effective dose because that's typically what it's called. I didn't invent that, but minimum effective dose. What's the minimum that I can do um, at least as, as a bare minimum, I can get this done and move forward, move forward, move forward. And then you start to build momentum and you won't be, um, you won't procrastinate anymore. You won't get overwhelmed. You're actually going to start feeling really good and it'll start feeling natural. For sure. And keeping things simple. Do you have like a team? Is it just you? What does the landscape sort of look like? Yeah. So, um, so I have three virtual assistants, uh, two are full-time and one is part-time. Um, so they, um, so, but that I hired them, uh, I think it was late 2019. And, um, but before that from 2014 to uh, late 2019, it was just me. And, but I like it. I like it lightweight. Like I like being in control of, of the stuff and not having a huge team. Like I look at some of my friends who have like these big companies and big teams and so much responsibility and you have to take care of them and, and feed them basically. Like I, so I basically helped feed three other families uh, because you know, I'm like there, I hired them. So mm -hmm. I do take care of some people, but it's for me just enough 
to where it's like I get to work on my stuff. I don't have like a million people messaging me all the time, like trying to I have to hold their hand or anything. Like good people who um, are, are loyal and because I do think that it's important not to do everything yourself eventually, like keep it simple. And then as soon as you can afford to have some other people do some stuff for you, it is good. It is really good. And that's going to be part of my next book um, in the Hobby Boss series. It's, it is going to be like real, it's really helpful when someone helps you, um, whether you give them, um, you know, uh, if it's a one-time fee or if it's a monthly retainer or something like that, I probably wouldn't say like equity. You wouldn't want to give like a percentage of your, your company, maybe of a product in your company, but uh, like a course, but, um, having someone help is definitely, uh, is definitely good. Don't, I wouldn't even worry if you're just starting out, like if you have a business and you're doing it all yourself and you're kind of struggling, I would say like, let's talk, talk about getting someone to, to help. Um, and here are some things that like, these are some mundane tasks that you could definitely offload. But if you're just starting out, no, 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 you could do everything yourself, but you have to be smart about it and you just have to keep it super simple. And, um, and I still, even having three people, I started off with, um, hiring two, uh, two candidates, uh, part-time. And then I realized like, you know what, like for stuff like customer support and, um, and for some of the other tasks that I need done, it's just great having, having them around more often. So I just, I hired them full-time and then I got another, I got a guy, um, uh, part-time and I'll probably hire him uh, full-time as well, because it's just like, I like keeping good people around and, um, but I'm not going to have like 20 people on the team. I mean, it's just, that's just too much for, yeah, for, for me, sure. for me, it's got to, again, like it's got to be yours and that's empowering as well. Like how do you want to design your business? How do you want to design your life? You get to decide. It doesn't have to be what this person did or what this person did. You get to decide. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we come from minimalist business kind of space. It's just me and my business partner who've been doing this forever and we help people like small businesses grow. And that's the whole, our whole approach because it, that's just what speaks to us. Like we do. Yeah everything in house across the two of us and then we do a lot for other people as well but like you do need to find your lane because that's very important because we're not trying to build the the 10 million dollar or the the multi-million dollar exit of a business we're yeah. building more of the lifestyle business this is yeah. this fulfills our our needs we're able to help people it gives us the freedom that we want out of our own lives and it's so important to figure out for, for oneself. For sure. You have to, you have to, you have to, mm -hmm. you don't want to end up with a business at, at the end. Like you don't want to end up with something like, whoa, okay. Like money's coming in and, and, but like, I hate this business. Why did I do this? Like, you don't want to like be in the, pa in the passenger seat of your own business. Like you can be in control and at any time you could change things up. Um, but like, you know, I'll do some of those jobs that maybe some people might say like, why are you doing that job? Like maybe I want to edit the video a little bit over here. Like maybe I, I want to do that. Maybe like, cause mm -hmm. you know what? I had a stressful day and I want to just kind of unwind with something that I don't have to think about that much. You know what I mean? And, but it's, again, this is mine. It's personal, like it's unique. And, um, and so, and I'm sure, um, yours is the same. And, and, you know, like you do the things that, um, that make you happy and, um, and that, and, and yeah, the minimalist approach is awesome. I mean, like, and also what's, what's so great is like, you know, you don't need that much. Like there's so many shiny objects out there. Like, let me buy this software and this subscription and this thing and that cool tool and that like so many shiny objects, man. It's uh -huh. like, especially in an info product business, like if someone just wants to learn how to do something, it's not really that complicated. Technically, I could just go on Facebook every single day and talk to people and then like make an offer. Hey, do you want me to help you with your guitar playing? Cool, okay, sweet. And like maybe I have a course or maybe I have a membership or maybe, you know, like, you know, join this and I'll coach you uh, personally. It's like, you don't have to make it complicated, like get this system and this follow-up sequence and this fancy thing. Like you don't have to. Um, it's obviously fun. And like, we're probably like, you know, just overgrown children who are playing with toys because technically <laughs> that is a lot like what it is, you know, like well, get this fancy it's, software. It's the sport too. I, I see it as like sort of yeah, the yeah, adult yeah. competition. Like even it if it's yeah, a yeah. competition with yourself, you're, 
you're able to sort of scratch that itch of like i grew up playing baseball and like football with friends and stuff but as an adult i don't do that anymore or this is my that (laughs) exactly exactly you know that for sure i love that i love that it's you know getting that bird's eye view though of like what um like and this is great like with the minimalist um sort of way of thinking it's like i I bet maybe i'm wrong but i bet that maybe sometimes especially maybe when things get stressful, that your mind will typically go more towards making things more complicated than they need to be. And you have to rein yourself back in to minimalist. Like, it's like maybe, I don't know, and I'm just guessing, Mm -hmm. but you probably designed that approach almost as like a protection mechanism. Like, it's like for you, like, because maybe your tendency might be to overcomplicate things. So you created the minimalist approach so that you can bring it back to the, to min- minimalist. I, might, I mean, I might be wrong, but it's like a lot of people will create businesses and, and frameworks that actually they need they need this is why like a lot of therapists are like kind of messed up like they need the therapy like um it's we we create these things for um for ourselves um and for other people and we both benefit from it like with simplicity dude my mind like it's crazy up here like the complexity that can happen so every couple of weeks like i gotta catch myself now it's like Am I overcomplicating it? Am I overwhelmed? Like, let me bring it back with some of the tools that I've created even and bring it back because I know my own tendencies, you know? And so, but also I'm putting that out there that other people who are like that, um, who are like riddled with the perfectionist and all that stuff, like they will be attracted to my stuff and we'll both use my tools and, um, and, and thrive because of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to start out messy because he said sort of like the minimalist is like reining it back. But then as you said, if we're always planning and never executing. The, the reason the show is called Starting Now is because I wanted to start this podcast for, I don't know, eight years. <laughs> it took forever. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting now and it's going to be about getting started. It's going to be yeah. for everyone else who they have these ideas, there are a million ideas racing through their brain all the time, but they didn't take that first step. Like I've helped and coached and worked with friends and all these people over the years who we've, we've run through so many ideas, but they haven't, they haven't just made the leap not the leap out of a job but just the leap to get started because it's scary and but it's, it's, so but it's important. easy also it's easy to um to have an amazing idea and like um like it's easy to to have that oh man you know it'd be such a great idea it would be this this or this and then like you see someone do it two years later and you're like oh man that was my idea and and you know <laughs> that that paralysis that you know all it all it takes is like what's that first thing like what's the first thing that you need to do to like, what's that first step? And because usually we think that it's an, uh, the biggest thing, like it'll be an elephant. And it's really like, we got to like, what's the minimal? And this is so great that I love that you do what you do. Um, like just the the mindset, I already know, like even just, just chatting with it, like it's so aligned with, um, with the way that I think. And so, yeah, like if you could just, what's the, because you have to just think your brain is freaking out right now. It's in fight or flight mode and, and you're, and, or freeze and you're freezing. You're not doing anything. And that's why a lot of people are in, um, they're stuck in their life because um, they're not doing anything about it. And they're just sort of complacent with like, oh, well, you know, but the alternative, I don't want to fail. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I've got my job. I've got, and then they start to like go back to, oh, but my job, okay, you know, my job's not that bad. And you start to like talk yourself out of the idea, the amazing idea you were so excited about. But the whole thing was just that idea. It's a great idea. And the the first step, either you didn't know how to do it, it was fear of the unknown, or it was just like too big. Like you just, you, you started with too much at first. So what's the thing that's so small? It's like going to the gym, like put your shoes out, put your shoes out for yourself the night before so you don't have an excuse. Pop your shoes on and go walk to the car. Maybe that's the first goal for Tuesday morning. And then the next one, Wednesday morning, pop your shoes on, which are going to be laid out there, go into the car, start the car. Awesome. If you think that it's the stupidest thing in the world, 
don't worry, just keep doing it. Next day, put the shoes on, start the car and pull out of the driveway and maybe that's it. But like, eventually you're in the car, the car's in gear, you're gonna drive to the gym. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just do the thing. You gotta get sensitive to your brain like not being overwhelmed or also catch it in overwhelm and just realize like, let me just dial it back. And um, I talked about this actually on my podcast. Um, speaking of imperfection, I got this podcast called Mind Shift. I just got this idea that I'm gonna drive to the studio anyway. So I might as well just talk into my phone and like start a podcast while I'm driving. And there's like cars nice. beeping and like a bunch <laughs> of like stuff. I don't care. Um, the fidelity is not clear at all. Um, but I, I was talking about this called the gas pedal. Instead of pressing the gas pedal to move forward um, and faster, pressing it, um, like when, when things are working well, we like to like give her and like and move forward. When we're overwhelmed, it's backwards. We have to lay off the gas pedal in order to move forward faster. So we have to lay off of it. And then we're gonna start feeling good again and not feel overwhelmed. Then we can start pressing it to move forward. Then it'll start working properly. It's like a reverse polarity thing. We can start pressing it again and moving forward. But when we're feeling overwhelmed, we actually have to recognize it and take our foot off of the gas pedal in order to start moving forward uh, faster. And um, counterintuitive, but it, like it totally works. At least like for myself and my clients, uh, it works like gangbusters because it's that overwhelm um, that it, it counteracts the overwhelm. So anyway, that is uh, yeah. And um, oh man, there's so many tangents, like so many, <laughs> so many cool things that we talk about. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's um, that's basically that. That's I would say like the main thing that every single thing that I talk about with cl- with clients, anything that I do in the work, my, like myself, um, it all comes back to that thing there, simplifying um, and and. Um, limiting or like um, reversing overwhelm, uh, taking that one step. Because when you when you do, when you take action, it feels good. Like you have actual tangible stuff to work with. And um, and yeah, and every, always, and anytime I've ever seen it, like everyone's always ended up better by doing something rather than planning and, and doing nothing. You gotta start messy, like you said. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just to sort of tie everything back to music, if you were, with everything you know now, if you were starting that band, today what would you how would you approach it differently because now you have so much experience in this space and starting a band is an entrepreneurial endeavor it is yeah 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 for sure man oh my god um so much different um so much different like it would be social media would be like a big part of it like uh the the marketing behind it um not that we would sound like used car salesmen or anything like (laughs) that um you never want to sound like used car salesmen but um just building a fan base and understanding that we're in control and that like any record label or any any suit or like all they might do if they are involved because you don't need them to be involved but all they might do is just help accelerate an already moving vehicle um one of the traps that we got into with a major label was thinking that they were going to create opportunities for us and um and sometimes they might like create something. Um, they might like hook us up with a band or something like that uh, on tour, like that maybe. Like, but really they can. It's just it's it's like moving that that ball that's like already like pushing it harder and pushing it faster. Like it's already been moving though, um, and just going straight to the fans, like straight to the fans, understanding like building that fan base, giving them that value and um, and that peak into our lives, like li- so that they could live vicariously through us. Like that's. That's basically, um, that's what I would do differently. And also uh, one big, big thing was, um, so, cause we were writing a whole bunch of different songs and like, I mean, I'm proud of that project for sure. Like I was actually listening to a couple things, um, the other day and it's like, oh man, like this is super, 
I mean, some parts are like out to lunch. Like, whoa, why did we? Why didn't we just wait? Why don't we just stay on that one part for like longer? Um, and actually, how many songs and like albums did you release? I only saw the one EP on Spotify. So we we have um, so there's there's uh, there should be two EPs on uh, on Spotify. Okay. Um, oh, there might be. Well, it depends, I guess, also on region. But there should be um, or maybe three EPs. Uh, we had so many songs and we just packaged them differently. But there should be Deception, Conception. There should be. Um, I think there's a shorter Envy EP with, uh, I think it's just maybe called The Envy. Um, or it might be The Fingers Crossed EP. I don't even know what my own my <laughs> band stuff is called. Um, but it's like, because we had so many songs that we packaged them in different like different markets. Um, we even had an album that like that um, took forever to come out. And um, and yeah, it's just like, that sort of like, just like disappeared. Um, but it's like, it The Envy's a, like a really crazy story um, in and of itself. But as far as the... Um, the, the songs, one thing that I would do differently is understand like what worked and keep doing what worked and just different angles of what worked. It's the same with any business. Like if something is working and you have a fan base for that thing, like sure, like we were kind of more like Coldplay where we do different styles or different t- takes on songs, but like we kind of uh, detracted from the, the core sound that we all sort of like the simple thing that we, we started with, we tried like overcomplicating it thinking that would get better. Um, and there were some cool um, artsy things that came out of it. But if I were to go back, it would be like, okay, let's just double down on this here. Even if it was that the first album was like maybe the most mainstream one to get like to open the door for like everywhere and then start getting um, getting more artsy uh, based on that platform. That's what I would have done differently. Like if I could have, if I could have gone back, that's what I would tell the guys, like, let's do this um, and then like open the door and then on the platform, and bands do this kind of stuff all the time. And this is why is because like it opens that big door first, get you get your band known. And then, you know, the second album, third album, fourth album um, will will get into more of like the artsy stuff. Have you considered now where you are today starting any sort of like solo project or band or anything? Well, so I do have a um, I do have a project with Sean that um, it's kind of like this secret project that we have going on that um, the songs like the songs are pretty much written and like we just don't know what it is um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but songs are, are there. It's, you know, the world is a lot different. I mean, I have like a lot more kids than I did <laughs> when uh, when I had before. So like. I'm of the mindset that like, I mean, in my mind, I forget how old I am. I don't even know, man. Like, I, like I'm, I'm perpetually like a certain age. Uh-huh. And, um, and so like, I'm always like, oh, well, I'll just get around to that when I get around to it. There's certain things that I'm like trying to accomplish right now um, with my books and um, with my business that also, you know, with songs are, are there, but you know, the songs are there. And when we, when we get to them, we, the way we write is like, it's kind of like timeless where Okay, maybe the production might need a little bit of polishing um, to to be like you know up with the times type thing, but um, but yeah, it's just sort of a matter of time, like whether we release it next year or um, if it's released this year, um, and then uh, touring with twins and uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't like I, that. I don't even think that far ahead, but like even yeah. if it was just a project, like just to get some good songs out there, then um, then I'd be I'd be stoked about that. So yeah, but but Sean Sean's my main man. Like I mean, like me and him, it's just one of those things. Like probably like you and your partner as well. Like we just sit down and. Um, I bounce something off of him and he's like, Oh, what about this? And then like, I'm like, yeah. Oh, what about this? And like, if you like recorded both of us, like it would be so annoying and obnoxious, like <laughs> to hear both of us working together. Cause we're like both bouncing, like getting, getting excited off of the ideas and stuff like that, that no one would understand. Cause no sentences are complete. And we just like have this short form, you know what I mean? Um, but I think like any great partnership is like that. Yeah. And that was someone that that was just like your best friend. You said, right. Is the person you mentioned earlier. So have you, 
have you found any other partners for any of your projects? Because that is such, like people have asked us, like, well, how do you find a good partner? And we joke, we're like, just find the person that you mesh with perfectly and then it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah you'll be fine, man. No, it's, look, it's hard, man. As you know, um, and, and Sean, Sean is my um, songwriting partner. Like for when it comes to songs, there's no other person I've ever met in my life, even before we were in a band, like nobody else that I've ever met in my life that where it just like clicked, like, oh man, I respect this guy so much. And like, he's so talented and, um, and he feels the same way. Like we both, we, we have that symbiotic relationship where we're into the same music, but like also then I'm into some stuff that he's not into. And, but that influences like brings a, like a unique, a unique idea. And then he also is into some stuff that I'm not necessarily into or might not know about. And so then he brings that to the table and just, it's really great. But mostly like any other partnership that I've tried, um, where it's like a full fledged partnership, like in a business, it usually didn't work out. Um, I do need some freedom that like, I need some freedom to like, kind of like just do my thing. And, um, and, but I do have partners on some, uh, some, um, sort of products within my business. Like, so not for the business itself, but like for within the business, I might partner up with someone to, um, like I've got this membership site right now with like, with one of my buddies that we, uh, we partnered up on that. And it's great. Like he does a bunch of things that like, I don't even know how to do and I'm packaging it and he doesn't know how to do that. And it's like, it's a great partnership, but it's under the roof of rockstar mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I don't like, I think rockstar mind is like a solo, like I'm like, I'm the owner and, um, it would take a lot to like to give up some some equity for that but yeah other projects i mean it's just been the songwriting side and um and that's it any other pro any other uh partnership because like you said it just takes it takes so much like it's like any relationship it's just like mm-hmm. it's got to be they you got to really really fill in each other's you know um the 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 things i can't do like it's hard man to find someone who gets it and like is also responsible and and wants to show up and do the work and that they care. Like it's so hard to find people who care, you know? So it's also a great lesson that, um, you know, you don't need to, to have a partner. Like you don't, you don't have to. And if they come along, then great. Um, but you don't, you don't have to, it's, there's so much that you can do even just flying solo. And it's, it's also liberating. It's like, I have an idea to do something. I don't have to run it by anyone. And not to say that partners, uh, it's a, it's a bad thing. Cause sometimes it would be so good if someone just took care of something while I was sleeping uh-huh. for sure. <laughs> but it has to be, it really has to be unique. Like I've been through like, uh, like a few partnership, uh, trials and, um, it just ended up being like, you know what? It's all good, man. Like, it's all good. Like, we're, we're cool. But I think that, like, I'll just, you know, move forward with this solo. And and it ends up being fine. It ends up being great. Yeah, so it has, sure. it's very unique for the person. Yeah, definitely. So I don't want to take too much more of your time because we've already been over an hour. But this has been great. <laughs> it's a um, great conversation, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome. Where would you see yourself in, like, 24 months? Like, with the business, with you personally? Sort of where would um, an ideal situation be? So yeah, so my first thought goes to, I'm just thinking about how old my kids will be because that'll also um, dictate that um, where, so my daughter will be five and my boys would be um, about three. So yeah, um, with with relatively young kids, I mean, really, I think what's gonna happen in the next 24 months is I'm probably gonna have a few more books, um, a couple of guitar books and um, probably another business book. And right now I'm really, doubling down a lot on that like at first i was kind of fighting it like trying to like get back into it was like that pause button on the music career like get back to that as soon as possible um whereas it's like 
But there's some things about that that I didn't even really like. Um, and so, you know, maybe maybe the the stuff I've got going on with Sean and like the music project there, like that, I'd like to see that um, come out for sure. And whatever we do with that, maybe we record cool videos and maybe whatever. Like, I don't know, maybe I'll play, uh, play a show here and there. Um, but it's, I see a lot more, um, a lot more assets. Like, um, so that means songs, a lot more books, um, a lot more things that like, if I were to go like, that's it, sayonara, then I leave a really um, good legacy where my sons, my daughter, and really anybody who um, who wants to learn how to do the things and resonates with the way that I teach it, like in business or music, um, you know, writing songs, playing songs, things like that, that, you know, I left, I left a mark of like, I create this methodology and I create something that's going to help people. That's something that um, really means a lot to me, like legacy, uh, things like that, and making an impact, that really means a lot to me. So 24 months, I would say probably a couple more books, two to three more books, and um, and probably my music project is uh, is out there. Nice. Yeah, and I know sort of being in the present is important to you because don't you have a tattoo that actually means now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Adesso, yeah, yeah, it means now. So I try, yeah, truthfully, man, um, you kind of have to be, and, and sleep deprivation kind of does that to you as well. Like um, having three kids um, in such a short period of time, uh, we didn't expect twins, obviously. Um, and so having that many kids, <laughs> it really, it takes a toll on you where you can't be a perfectionist. You can't think so far ahead in the future where it's just like, okay, cool. Like, let me just, let me just, you know, um, demolish this, like, I mean, it's like a warrior mode. Like, let me go out and like feed my family and, and go out there. And, you know, obviously like not everybody is going to have kids and not everyone's going to have the same thing. But like, if you can be in the same sort of like where you just um, really appreciate and, um, and, and, uh, you you appreciate the moment basically you appreciate the moment and you're like okay this right now i can do so much with the time that i have and um and what what am i going to do that's something that's meaningful and something that will take me one step closer to where i actually want to go and obviously that means that you have to um decide where you want to go you have to know where you want to go similar to how i knew that i was going to um travel the world and how i'm going to travel the world i'm going to do that with a band and i'm going to have to write songs and all that like reverse engineer it reverse engineer it um that's going to be a really great uh strategy for you i mean i talk about that kind of stuff inside um, Hobby Boss uh, Chapter Six. You really have to know where you want to go. You don't want to find out. Be in the driver's seat. Like if you want to achieve, like if you want to make a million dollars, then just like work backwards. Like what is it going to take? What am I going to have to do? How many sales per day am I going to have to make? Or what should I price my product as if I don't want to work with a lot of customers? Like just reverse it. Reverse engineer mm-hmm. it. And um, and very often that's going to get you the answers you want. And you're also going to know how you feel about those answers and whether that's actually something that you want because not everybody's going to like those answers. So um, do that thought exercise. And then, um, and then make a plan basically moving forward from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Reverse engineering is so valuable because when you see a big number, say a million dollars, or even if you want like six figures a year or whatever it is, it's like, okay, how do I get there? But breaking it down, sales per week, sales per day, whatever it is. Um, yeah, hugely valuable. But yeah, this has been great. Um, thanks for taking the time to chat. Where should we send uh, people who want to check out the book, check out everything you're up to? Yeah, um, probably the best bet would be hobbybossbook.com. That would be the easiest way to um, to find out what is uh, going on. I'm not going to say like stevemastriani.com because nobody's going to know how to how to spell that. <laughs> so so hobbybossbook.com would be the best bet. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again. This, is, this has been awesome. And Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Great, great chat. I want to thank Steve for joining me on this episode. Be sure to check out his book, Hobby Boss, and you can find that at hobbybossbook.com. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B-Y-L-T dot C-O to get started. Built. Your website, built for you, simply. 
Finally, if you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you subscribed on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and hit that little bell to be notified when new episodes come out because every little bit helps us, us, me and me, reach more people with the show. And I really want to um, get it out there. The more people see it, the more... (laughs) The more people see it, the more people see it. It really, uh, it helps feed itself. So any little bit you can do really helps. So thanks so much. And that'll do it for this week. Again, I'm Jeff Saris. This has been Starting Now, and I'll see you next time.